perfect relationship this year. Pi Conant and Sex Secrets of an American Geisha will show you how. Coming right up with Cynthia Bryan on Star Style. Be the star you are. Don't miss us. The star you are. Be the star you are. Hey, have you got a minute? Huh? I'm going to say a word. You tell me what comes to mind. Are you ready? Okay. Tchaikovsky. Gesundheit. Okay, what's the word? No, see, that is the word. What does Tchaikovsky make you think of? I don't know. Allergy season? Uh, hey there, how you doing? What's up? Who's Martha Graham? Mm, she invented the graham cracker. No kidding. Yeah, before her there was only soda crackers. Hard to imagine. Uh, hey young lady? Yeah? Uh, does the name Man Ray mean anything to you? Ta. The man ray is a kind of poisonous jellyfish, and it lives in the Gulf of Mexico. Aha. It's very deadly. Are your kids as well-rounded as they could be? Kids who participate in the arts do better in school and in life. To learn more about the value of arts education, visit americansforthearts.org, because all kids should get to appreciate Tchaikovsky's music, Martha Graham's dance, and man ray's photography. Art. Ask for more. A public service message brought to you by Americans for the Arts and the Ad Council. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Welcome to Radio's Finest Hour of Power, Star Style B, the star you are. Today we launch our premier program for 2007, and we want to start your New Year's off right. We're going to start it with a bang. Happy New Year to everyone. Let's make 2007 a fantastic year. We are a show about following your heart, bringing you the best experts and authors that can enhance and inspire your life. We can help you change your life for the better, so we hope that you will join our Champagne for the Spirit show and get something out of it and make your life worth living. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Star Style Productions, coaching you to be the star of your own life. For more information on a private consultation session over the phone, call 925-377-7827 or visit the website star-style.com. And the first one is by Hal Borland. Your year's end is neither an end nor a beginning, but a going on with all the wisdom that experience can instill in us. And Alan Cohen adds another miracle moment for us today. Use this week to reflect on your heart's desire. Pay less attention to resolutions and more attention to evolution. How right that is. Well, for our first show of the season, we're going to do just that, and we're bringing you the renowned authors that are going to make your New Year's resolutions keep on track. In just a minute, we're going to be talking with Pi Kim Conant, an American geisha who's going to jumpstart your love life with her book, Sex Secrets of an American Geisha. She's going to show you how to attract, satisfy, and keep your man. And I know that women everywhere want that, and that's what men want, too. And in segment two, best-selling author M.J. Ryan is going to show us how to finally change a habit. With her book, This Year I Will. And in segment three, career guru Richard Nelson Bowles gives us insights from his job hunting Bible, What Color Is Your Parachute, the 2007 edition. 
So we have a super show for you lined up and terrific books that you are going to want to buy that can offer results. Speaking of books, make sure to pick up an autographed copy of any of my books. Go to the website star-style.com or be the star you are.org. We have Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul, Miracle Moments, Be the Star You Are, which is our show's signature book, and The Business of Show Business. New York Times bestsellers there, and we do have some audio tapes available as well. Well, you're probably wondering where the beautiful Heather Brittany is. Today she is shooting on location, so I'm going to be reiterating the rules of the show about living a happy life. Our first rule is smile. Second, have fun. And third, be willing to be wild and wacky. So that means we want you to go out there on that limb, take a risk, and be that all that you can be. Are you looking forward to this year? Do you feel that this is going to be your year? I certainly know in my soul that this is my year to shine, and I want to include you in this stellar success. My motto has always been to be a leader. You must be a reader, so you want to sit back and read some good books this year. Now, today, many will awaken with a French sense of inspiration. Why not you? Today, many will open their eyes to the beauty that surrounds them. Why not you? Today, many will choose to leave the ghost of yesterday behind and seize the immeasurable power of today. Why not you? Today, many will break through the barriers of the past by looking at the blessings of the present. Why not you? Today, for many, the burden of self-doubt and insecurity will be lifted by the security and confidence of empowerment. Why not you? Today, many will rise above their believed limitations and make contact with their powerful innate strength. That could be you. Today, many will choose to live in such a manner that they will be a positive role model for their children. Why not you? Today, many will choose to free themselves from the personal imprisonment of their bad habits. Why not you? Today, many will choose to live free of conditions and rules governing their own happiness. Why not you? Today, many will find abundance and simplicity. Many will be confronted by difficult moral choices, and they will choose to do what is right instead of what is beneficial. Many will decide to no longer sit back with a victim mentality, but they're going to take charge of their lives and make positive changes. And many will take the action necessary to make a difference. Many will make the commitment to be a better mother, a father, son, daughter, student, teacher, worker, boss, brother, sister, and so much more. Today is a new, new day. Just seize the moment, carpe diem, and live it to the fullest. Why not you? Well, important that you decide to seize the moment and be your absolute best self. Now, one of the resolutions at every new year is to find a new relationship or to find the relationship of your dreams. People want to fall in love and in lust, and they want to have a meaningful relationship with a person that nurtures them and a relationship that lasts, especially in this uh, day and age of divorce, it seems that it's higher than 50%. Well, Korean author... Hi, Kim Conant is the author of Sex Secrets of the American Geisha, and through her research and personal experiences, she invites you to be her younger sister while she shares tips on how to find a good mate and someone, as she calls, a good man who will be with you always. Well, welcome, Pi, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Hi. How are you? Hi. 
Well, Thank I you. am so glad to have you on the show. You were recently profiled in Real Simple Magazine, uh-huh. and I applaud you on your story. You told about coming to America at age 20, becoming a teacher, and because your English wasn't as fluent as it is today, right. and, and you were so strict, the students didn't like you, <laughs> and you spiraled into depression and weight gain. But then you were able to turn everything around. You're still teaching today, and you have lost weight and made your life into one that is so phenomenal. You're now an American geisha, and now you've written this fabulous book, Sex Secrets of an American Geisha. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your story of coming over here so that we can find out the next steps to finding a good relationship through your book? Thank you. Um Oh yeah, I I was 20 when I came to America. It's like immigrate uh, with a uh, uh, siblings and mother, and then uh, I set my goals as my first uh, American dream to become a, a school teacher after I finished my college at UCLA. And then uh, because of my English, I it took me four and a half years to pass the test, the California Basic Teachers Test. Uh, I took uh, 14 times, and then I failed in the English exams, English parts. I passed the math parts, but I failed so many times, 14 times. Then on my 15th try, I finally passed. It took me four and a half years to uh, pass the exam. Then I did a, a, a student teaching for six months, and I was on the... Uh, a classroom, my own classroom, without any master teachers at all. Yes, my first year was uh, horrible because I didn't know any um, uh, American teaching uh, education system at all. So I just used my Korean way, you know, to try to be straight and mean. I, I thought some being mean uh, to the kids will be the best way uh, to control the kids. But because that's what you had learned in Korea growing up, right? Yes. And before you go on, I just want to applaud your courage and let people hear again that it took you 15 times to pass the test. What perseverance you had. You had set a goal and you achieved it. Yeah, but I felt really embarrassed about the, uh, the passing the test on my 15th uh, time, 15 times. But uh, I wanted to really carry that secret uh, into my uh, grave. Uh, I didn't want anyone to know about that uh, secret. Uh, I felt so shame about that. And but my husband told me that, no, you have to tell everybody that you try so hard. It's a determined. You are very determined to pass the test. It's a very inspiring story. So now I'm telling you the story. I really uh, 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 tried so hard, four and a half years, to pass the test. And then my mom out there, and then it really inspired me, don't give up, don't give up at all. So after uh, teaching about the three years, I realized I was really comfortable with my teaching job, and then I wanted to uh, publish books in Korean first because I wanted to become a writer, author in Korean, and then I remember my dream about uh, writing and published the books in Korean. So I did. I I published three books in Korean. Then my second American dream was to publish the book, a book, uh, many books, or a book is enough, a book in English. So that's why um, this Sex Secrets of an American Geisha 
was born, actually, uh, well, last year. In November. my opinion, you are totally an inspiration, and your husband was totally right, because more people need to know that we can never give up. It's like Churchill said, never, never, never give up. Right. right. Even, to, yeah, even to find a, one agent and then publish it, it was hard. And then people told me that they just submitted about 10 uh, pitch letters and they got rejected. They just say, no, no more, I don't want to do it. But I sent over uh, 300 pitch letters to different uh, uh, agents and uh, publishers. They didn't want it because I didn't have enough credentials as a, like a sex author or relationship. I was uh, just a, a middle school teacher. So uh, it took me courage again. Uh, never give up, right? <laughs> Since then, you're right. That's never give up. One, and that's a very important lesson for the first of the year for people to know is to never give up. Never give up. It may take so for a while to find an agent. It may uh, takes for a while to finish the book, but it never give up and stick to the goals. You know, like uh, Sex Secrets of an American Geisha. I, I put a marriage plan for a single woman. I say so, uh, it takes a one one year or one and a half years to uh, get married. People think uh, just, oh, I want to get married, but eventually I will get married. But no, I don't think it, that happens to any single woman. You have to put it as a goal, like a New Year's resolution. You want to be married a within timeline. a year. Your timeline is very strict in your book. You say if you follow what I'm telling you, it will take you 12 months to 18 months. Right. But you have to do the work. You have to put the work in. That's what the self-help books about. They, they tell you what to do, but don't just read the book. You have to follow. You have to take action. Reading well, book is just the easy part, actually. Let's find out, because you have some really good ideas and some concrete information on how to find love in the new year, and you have adopted both the Korean and the Japanese, the way of the geisha, mm -hmm. and you, you call yourself the older sister, and all the readers become your younger sister because that's the tradition right. in the Asian culture. So uh, what is so important? You talk about how the yin and the yang. Talk to us about what are some of the steps Pie that we can take for our, everyone out there who would like to find a meaningful relationship, hopefully that leads to marriage and happiness, mm -hmm. but that they can do if they put the work into it and the care into it after reading your book. Right. Uh, femininity, you said the yin and yang, means uh, opposites attract. So men are masculine, and masculine uh, men want to feminine woman. So being feminine, people think that being feminine makes a woman weak and passive or submissive. Actually, her your femininity makes it more powerful to men because a woman, a man wants to feminine woman. So I use uh, the geisha's archetype of femininity, beauty, and classy sexiness. Not only just being sexy is a class. You have to have a class. To become a sexy woman, so um, and just surrender to the realities of a mo uh, what men are or and what men want. Men are visual, so they are attractive to beautiful women. Men are sexual. Men are very attractive to sexy women, and men are masculine. Men are very attracted to 
a feminine woman. So being feminine, beautiful, and classy sexiness, that's the key just um, to attract men and then keep the men. The problem is, uh, as you said at the uh, beginning of the show, is this, uh, half of our marriages have failed. And the reason is after wedding, and women think that the marriage is already over. They don't have any motivation to keep the men happy and um, uh, attractive anymore. But a wedding is just the beginning of a marriage. It's not the end of a marriage. So to keep the men, actually, you have to be feminine. You have to be a good woman. I said the a good man, but to uh, to find and keep the good man, you must be a good woman too. Good woman means that you have to be nice, conscious of uh, what's going on in your life, and then be optimistic and then happy about it. So that's my sex secrets. But uh, people think uh, this is all about sex. No, it's not all about sex. It's a big uh, sex is about the one part of it. And the other part is how to get married, how to get married, how to keep the man happy, and then how to make a man as a real man and be, being by being uh, feminine. That's what the men are hungry for. It's not like um, uh, they are looking for only Asian women because Asian women are submissive. Uh, they are uh, tre- treating men like a king. It's not true, actually. If you are feminine, then they are attracted to you. So as a lot of people think, uh, I'm against the feminist. I am a feminist at work, but I'm a, I am a femininist. I use the word femininist. means a woman who operates out of a, a, a femininity to please men. It's a, you know what? You have to please men. You have to give it what the men want. Then you will get what what you want from the men. It's just, you know, it's no negotiation during the uh, single uh, time uh, when I, when you are single, but make sure you negotiate uh, with uh, your uh, husband. Make sure you compromise with uh, your husband. So that's all about the uh, sex secrets of an American geisha, just to be Feminine, beautiful, and classy sexiness to attract and keep the man you want to get a stay. That's the one, one of the things, Kim. Though that you say that's very important. Um, in order to be feminine, you must be first yourself. Right. So you're not trying to ta- teach people to be fake in any way. You're saying in your book to find your inner feminine because the brains of men and women operate differently. And so we have to learn to understand one another and be intuitive to one another's dreams and hopes. And, and then in that way, our bodies can also be together. Each person is a totally different, you know, totally different personality, totally different uh, the ways to talk. Uh, I'm not asking like the Stafford wives. Like a rabbit, you know. Right, like right. A, that wouldn't be good. <laughs> dancing in a uh, high heels like a woman, that's not what I'm asking a woman to be. Actually, a woman needs to be independent. Whenever you need to speak up, you need to speak up. You have to tell your man what you want. But pe- people, uh, women think, you know, don't tell anything what you want to the man because he's not going to give it to you. But instead of that, you have to be honest with the man. Tell him what you want. 
And then sometimes a man want ask you to just move in without a wedding ring or the the uh, engagement ring or wedding date at all. But uh, sometimes a, a woman just give in because he will change later to marry you. But it doesn't happen that way. My husband actually at that time, the, my uh, boyfriend asked me to, why don't we just uh, uh, live it together? I said, well, that's what you want. I will do it. And a uh, few few minutes later, I said, that's not what I want. I want marriage. I want a baby. I want family. So I really spoke up to him, and that's not what I want. I want marriage and family. And then they actually in, uh, uh, inspire him. It's not like, oh, that's not or what I want, so I better say goodbye to you. No, you must just speak up. It's not like uh, become a, like a, uh, what's called submissive or passive woman. That's not what I'm asking to do. But I'm not asking a woman to be a bitch either. I heard that uh, what, why bitch or why men love bitches. I don't think that is true. But men don't like bitches. Men don't want a, a woman to bitch around and a nagging. It just inspire your men with your femininity and in, uh, with your enthusiasm, then and he will stay with you. I don't think it's, uh, being bitch is the best way to attract men. I don't think it's the best way to attract anyone. So what you're saying is to get in contact with your inner feminine, with your inner beauty, and then connect with the men in your life. And don't be afraid to say exactly what you want. In other words, don't be submissive and, and say, oh, I'll do whatever you want. That's not what being an American geisha is about. It's about being firm, standing up for who you are, mm-hmm. believing in yourself, having confidence, and that confidence and intelligence it shines on to your partner. Very good, Cynthia. <laughs> Is that right? Oh, good. I learned well. Well, uh, Pi, let's give out your website so people can find out more about you and about your book. Okay. And they can learn how to attract and enchant men by being who they are and creating more beauty around them. Mm-hmm, thank so you. So would you give your website out, please? Yes, www.americangeishahouse.com. www.americangeishahouse.com. So if you are single and looking for the perfect relationship for the year, or even if you're married and you want to bring a little bit more spice into your relationship, this is a book for you. It's Sex Secrets of an American Geisha, How to Attract, Satisfy, and Keep Your Man by Kim. Pi Kim Conant. Pi, thank you so much for thank being so our much. guest. And, uh, one more thing. Can I say one more thing? Absolutely. I'm teaching a class. Uh, how to get married in a year at the learning annex in San Diego and uh, Los Angeles. So sign up if you're really serious about getting married. Well, again, go to her website, www.americangeishahouse.com. She's teaching classes on how to find the romance and, and get the mate that you've been looking for, find the good man. So, Pi, thanks so much for being Thank a you. guest. Thank you, Cynthia. And Thank Happy you New Year to me. you. Sex Secrets of an American Geisha. Stay with us. When we come back, we're going to figure out our New Year's resolutions and how to keep to them. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style. Be the star you are. This is calling out to me. This 
AWRT Empowering America. Born in 1906 in Missouri, Frida grew up cleaning houses for wealthy white families. At 13, she began performing across the country with the Dixie Steppers. When the troops split up, Frida tried to become a chorus girl, but was rejected for being too thin and too dark. The turning point in her career came when she traveled to Paris for a new onstage review. Frida became an overnight sensation. During World War II, Frida's travels entertaining troops enabled her to work undercover for the French Resistance, smuggling secret messages in her sheet music. Frida returned home during the 1950s and 60s, and she actively engaged in the political battle against segregation. Frida Josephine Baker died in Paris in 1975. Empowering America is brought to you by the Foundation of American Women in Radio and Television and is made possible by Walmart, committed to providing an environment that supports its associates in their professional and personal lives. Our people make the difference. Information at walmartstores.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Fools never learn from their mistakes. Smart people learn from their mistakes and wise people learn from other people's mistakes. George Lucas, film director and producer, adds to this with these words of wisdom. You have to find something that you love enough to be able to take risks, jump over the hurdles, and break through the brick walls that are always going to be placed in front of you. If you don't have that kind of feeling for what it is that you're doing, you'll stop at the first giant hurdle. If you want to make your dreams come true, get off the couch and start moving. Let it go and be. You are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite for Star Style. Listen. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. under the auspices of the charity Be the Star You Are, empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy and positive message programming that changes your life for the better. Consider making a tax-deductible contribution today to keep the program broadcasting. Go to BeTheStarYouAre.org or call 877-944-STAR. That's toll-free and offer your help. Thanks for helping Be the Star You Are help everyone in need of hope and inspiration. Well, you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with me, Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth coach, and happy 2007. You're going to remember MJ Ryan from her book, The Happiness Makeover. She's one of the creators of the series, Random Acts of Kindness, and she's returning to Be the Star You Are today to give us a formula to change for the better and to stick to it with her newest book, This Year I Will. Welcome back, MJ, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Hi, Cynthia, my favorite talk show personality. Oh, thank you, thank you. We love that. Well, you are one of 
my favorite people as well, MJ, as you know, and it's always a pleasure to have you on our show. Your new book is like having a personal coach right in my lap when I read it, and you are a coach. You deal with the unfulfilled goals and resolutions, and you're offering concrete solutions on why we fail to keep our promises to ourselves. So let's start off with why is it that we make commitments every year, the beginning of every year, only to abandon them by either the end of January or the beginning of February? Well, it's because no one told us we have two brains. We have a thinking brain, uh, which is the place where we say, I should get fit, I should you know, get out of debt, I should, whatever it is that we think we should do. But then we also have a feeling brain, and that we share with all mammals. So that means it's not any smarter than a little bunny rabbit or a squirrel. And it only cares about one thing. Is this pleasurable and easy? <laughs> Boy, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? So what happens is that we, uh, we say these things with our thinking brain, but then when it comes time to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and actually go out running or whatever it is you said you were going to do or bypass those shoes so you can save money, um, the feeling brain goes, this isn't fun, this isn't easy, and we go for the immediate gratification instead. So it's all about, uh, it's not procrastination, it's all about gratification. Well, let's talk about one of the biggies, MJ, because it seems at this time of the year, the first thing on everybody's list is either to get healthy or to lose weight. Yes. But what they aren't doing, and according to what you say in your book, is they're not, well, you know, what does it mean to lose weight? How many pounds? They're not quantifying it. They're exactly. not Exactly. You have to be very, very specific because uh, otherwise you, you won't know what to pay attention to. So here's an example. I was just working with somebody uh, today, and they said, well, for my New Year's resolution, I'm going to celebrate success more. And I said, great. How are you going to do that? And there was this dead silence on the other end of the phone. She hadn't thought about what it meant to do that. So we need to get into, into an action. So let's say you say, you, even if you say, I want to lose weight, I would ask you, how? Is it cutting out fried foods? Is it exercising more? What are you going to actually do to get the results that you want? If you don't go down to an action, then you can't know whether you're succeeding and you won't be taking the actions that will produce success. Well, that I think is the absolute key. We can dream the dream and we can get the skills, but if we don't go into action, we stay on the couch, nobody's going to knock on our door and help us do it. But we also need like a support squad around us. We need somebody who's going to support the idea that we're doing, and isn't it a good idea to give ourselves a timeline? Well, yeah, so let's talk about support for a minute first. I always ask people, what support do you, not, do you need? Not do you need support. So what kind of support? For some people, it might be somebody else. Like I know I can work out better when I have my friend Kathleen because we chit-chat so much I don't even notice I'm on that elliptical machine. But um, it could be something like music is be supportive. It could be things like stickies that you put up um, or pictures that you put up so that you see what you really want because we've got to get that emotional brain on our side and keep it there. So the question is more about what do you need and how you figure that out is to say, how did I ever do anything successfully? What did I do? Um, oh, I got a teacher. Oh, fine, great. So why don't you get a teacher for this? So you need to track success you've already had, and that is to figure out what kind of support that you need. So it's like a visualization, right, MJ, is that you can visualize where you've been successful in the past and then use that like we do in acting uh, for the moment, Is you visual, just like athletes do. And you talk about that in your book, that there's research showing that uh, athletes who 
practiced on the court and athletes that practice in their mind, the ones that practice in their mind actually have done better. Or at least as well. That's as because well. the brain doesn't, doesn't differentiate between rehearsing and actually doing it. So if you need to vividly bring it to mind. So what that means is like seeing it, feeling it, and hearing it. You've got to have all three channels going. Well, you have to use all your senses. Exactly. And I wanted to bring something uh, that you mentioned in your book because it really rang uh, true for me, and I'm sure it does with so many people, because I don't work well with negative feedback. I need positive feedback or no feedback at all. <laughs> And yes. you were saying about, you know, when you want to post something, like, so many people will get a photograph of somebody thin and post it on the refrigerator, but, see, that wouldn't work if I was trying to lose weight for me, because I don't want to look at somebody else being thin. That's almost like a negative reinforcement. It's reminding me that I'm fat and not that beautiful model on there. Mm-hmm. And you talk about that, if, if it's very important to know what it is that's going to make you work towards your goal and be perseverant exactly. and hang in there. What, what motivates you? And, again, it's the what's the keep, get and keep those feelings of fun and pleasure on your side. So here's an example. I'm working with a woman who wants to lose weight. She has this little black dress that she used to fit into that she loves. She put it in her bathroom. So every morning when she gets up, she looks at it and she says, I will wear you again. And then at 4 o'clock when she's, you know, going to the vending machine and, and she's tempted by that candy bar to have the candy calm that women get from sugar, she goes, little black dress, I want that more. So you've got to keep what you want more front and center to have motivation over time. Well, I want to talk about the writing of goals because you came up with an idea that I am so crazy about, MJ. I just thought this was so great. And this was to put a name to the time period that you're going to focus your intention on. And it doesn't have to be the whole year. It could be just the day of or the week of. But for you, in your book, you talk about the week of liberation from dessert, so the year of a more positive me. For me, I made this. 2007 is my year to say no. It's show me the money. If it doesn't pay, I don't play, period. That's the way it goes. And I got that idea totally from your book. So what that does is it helps you create a focus because part of what else you need to do is to remember that you're going to make this change. Here's the trick. Why don't we remember? Because our brains are wired to do the other thing. Whatever we're doing now, they're wired to keep on doing. 90% of our lives are live in habit, so we're on automatic pilot most of the time. So if you want to make something different, you must have an external reminder or otherwise, you're just going to do the same old thing because the brain cells that fire together wire together. So when you say this is the year of show me the money, in your case, you need that's great because it helps you remember. But you need to make sure, you know put up little reminders in your office and at your house and maybe in the car wherever you're talking on the phone or emailing people. So that otherwise you're going to find yourself giving yourself away for free again because the pattern in your brain to do that is very strong and the new pattern hasn't yet been created. Well, and you also indicate in your book, and the book again is called This Year I Will, How to Finally Change a Habit, Keep a Resolution, or Make a Dream Come True, and our author is M.J. Ryan. And what you say is that it really takes about seven months Heck with this idea of a week or 28 days that so many experts have said. It really takes about seven months to create this new habit and this new character. 
this new pattern in your brain that's automatic. And guess what? There's no such thing as breaking the old habit either. So, for example, for you, the habit to give yourself away for free is still there. It's like a parallel road. And what happens is the more that you do the new thing, the more it becomes automatic, but still under stress or if you're not paying attention or if you're tired or whatever, you may in fact find yourself oopsie-doopsie back to the old thing. That's why we also, here's the other key thing, we must treat ourselves kindly mm. when we quote-unquote mess up. That was That's a real key differential between your book and what other people have said is that when we mess up, what you say is, you know, you kind of forgive, forget, and forge ahead. It's like, what could have I done better? Okay, I forgive myself, and you move on. And you give examples of things that you have done, whether it's been in exercising or your husband. I love your idea with your husband's clutter in his room, throwing away one thing a day. It's it's important to take it one step at a time and and remember we're humans in training. Exactly. And and that learning naturally happens first. Listen to this. I learned this when I first started working with people. Learning happens first when we say we're going to do something and then we blow it. So the fact that we remember, oh, I was gonna, I was gonna go to the gym today, and look, it's eight o'clock at night, and I forgot. And when people tell me that, I say, congratulations, you're starting to learn. The more that we treat ourselves kindly when we blow it after the fact, the more that the learning happens while we're doing it. Oops, I gotta go right this minute. I said I was gonna go, and I gotta better get over there. And then the more we do that, then the more it becomes automatic, and we don't even have to think about it. But we have to have to accept ourselves as learners rather than as perfectionists in order to be able to truly change anything. Well, I think if we're a perfectionist, MJ, that is really the, the road to disaster because we can never live up to perfectionism. There is no such thing as everything being perfect. So it doesn't mean we can be slobs and sloppy about what our goals and resolutions and desires are, but at the same time, as you said, just honoring ourselves and recognizing that when we falter, we can still move on. And you have a great acronym that you call SMART, S-M-A-R-T. Yes. So it's actually measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. So why don't we talk about creating a SMART goal? Sure. Let's go for it. Okay. So the first two things are these five elements. Again, SMART, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. Yes. So it it helps if you say, uh, so here's an example. You say you want to lose, this is what I did. I wanted to lose 15 pounds last year, 2006. So what I did is I said, oh, I I looked around. I said, hey, you know what? If I eliminate Coca-Cola, I heard that does it just in and of itself. So I said, that's specific. I know in action I'm going to not drink Coca-Cola. I'm going to drink water or iced tea or substitute Diet Coke. Okay, fine. It's measurable. I can tell how many, if I'm doing it or not. Um, it's achievable. It's possible. And it's relevant to me because I know that the sh- it's 365 cans of, sh- of stuff that has 10 teaspoons a can. And wow. it's time-bound. If I said I will never drink another Coca-Cola again, guess what? There's a part of our brains that when we do that says if we blow it, they say it says, well, I've blown it, so I might as well just eat the whole box. So the whole point is to this smart is when you blow it once, it doesn't mean that you've blown it for the whole year or your whole time frame. Exactly. You blow it so, once, you move on. So if you drank 10 Cokes in I 2006, probably had 30 you were a success. In, I probably had 30 in 2006, and guess what? I weigh 20 pounds less. Wow. That's easy. Now, that's total success. So what you're saying in your book is don't give up. Still don't give up. You make well, a mistake, yes, you and, fall and, back. 
Keep pay attention to where your success is rather than your screw-up. So if, when you, if you did it right five times in the week and did it wrong one time, what helped you do it those five times? That's what we never pay attention to. Oh, it was having a friend call me up and say, how are you doing? Oh, it was uh, doing it the first thing in the morning. Whatever it is, if you, if, you, if you start looking at when you've done it right, how did you do it, and then you can do more of that. I wanted to also talk about contracts because one of the things – you talk about putting yourself under contract, and I find that that's very helpful. I did it even when my children were turned 16 and they were going to drive. I put them under contract, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it made a difference. They had to stop and think twice before they did something because they had signed a contract, and they didn't want to lose their privilege of driving. And we're the same way. I mean, I, sometimes we need uh, parameters. Absolutely. So you can say, when you make a contract, it says it's the SMART, and then you say, what's the implication if you don't do that? And then it helps you take the promise to yourself a little more seriously and therefore increase the possibility of success. And I want to mention that you have a simple uh, contract in the book so people can read the book and then take this little contract and massage it so it works for whatever it is that you want to keep on track for. It's very important. Now, uh, there are different stages of learning, and you talk about the three stages of learning, and let's go through those for just a second, and then we want to give out your website. Yeah, so the first is at a post-talk, which is after the fact. That's when you say, oh, I was going to do that. And then it was, it becomes ad hoc. This is fancy Latin word learning here. Uh, and that is during it, you're suddenly realizing, oh, I said I wasn't going to yell, and here I am yelling right this second. That is a huge improvement, because before you used to yell unconsciously. And now you know that you're yelling. And now you know you're yelling, so that is huge progress. And then the more you do that without creating interference for yourself that it's a, that you're, should, you should be perfect, then the more that it becomes what's called pre-hoc, which is before, even before it's happening, you, you're doing it right. Well, and as uh, the 12-step programs say, we need to just learn to take it one day at a time or one moment at a time or one second at a time and I like congratulate to say ourselves choice. along the way. Yeah, I like to say one choice at a time because the truth is we are living our lives one choice at a time. In any moment, we have, we have the capacity to make a choice that's going to bring us greater happiness, success, and fulfillment. And it's just, but if we have to, it's, so it's just this moment, this choice, what do you want to do? Well, and we have that ability to make those choices. You finish off your book, MJ, with 12 steps for keeping your promise to yourself. And I'll say a couple of them, and you can throw some in. One is to make it non-negotiable. Make it actionable, which we already talked about. Come up with solutions for your usual excuses, important. Uh, Use procrastination to your advantage. Which Let's talk about that one for one second. Okay. Which is that... 60% 60% of us are what's called pressure prompted. We consider ourselves procrastinators, but the truth is we're actually, uh, we like to take in information as long as possible before being forced into action by an external deadline. If this is you, then use it on your behalf. Figure out an external deadline that will help you get what you want. So uh, the wedding that you want to fit into the dress with or um, the uh, writer's conference that you want to show up with a manuscript at. So if you have an actual deadline, the trick is that you can't make, an, you can't make a deadline with yourself if you're pressure prompted, if you're a quote-unquote procrastinator. It has to be a real deadline that's outside of yourself. Like April 15th, your taxes are due. 
and otherwise that you're in trouble. Well, I'm going to give you a website. The book is called The Sheer I Will by MJ Ryan. For more information, you can go to wwwmj ryan.com that's r-y-a-n and of course she is a life and success coach and everything that she teaches in this book she can help you with mj you're a delight as always congratulations on a my pleasure book. and may everyone who wants to make a dream come true have it happen this year I, i'm with you it's this year girlfriend this year it's yeah, okay. this year i will and i will You've been listening to Cynthia Bryant on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Our guest is MJ Ryan. Go to mj-ryan.com and her book, This Year I Will. Stay with us. Richard Nelson Bowles is coming right up on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Dancing in a Broadway show on the silver screen. Singing lovely songs of love. For over three decades, he has been a perennial best-selling author, and he returns to be the star you are with his 2007 What Color Is Your Parachute? Who are we talking about? Of course, Richard Nelson Bowles, coming right up on Star Style. Be the star you are with Cynthia Bryant. Don't go away. Looking for answers to those uncommon questions? Looking for a way to heal? Looking for spiritual guidance? Come visit www.angelstoguideyou.com. We are all blessed with spiritual helpers, spiritual gifts, and spiritual healing. Get in touch with your spirit. Get answers. Get healing. www.angelstoguideyou.com. Remember, you're not alone. angelstoguideyou.com. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Well, every week, Be the Star You Are showcases these incredible authors and experts to enhance and inspire your life. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth at risk through improved literacy and positive message programming. Visit the website and make a difference. Make a contribution today, www.bethestarur.org. Well, you all know my next guest and good buddy, Richard Nelson Bowles, because for the past 36 years, yes, 36 years, his book, What Color Is Your Parachute?, has been on bestseller lists around the world. With over 9 million-plus copies sold, the Library of Congress chose his book as one of 25 books that have shaped and changed readers' lives. With passion and enthusiasm, this 2007 version tackles never-before issues. Welcome back to Be the Star You Are. Hi, Dick. Hello, Cynthia. It's so oh, so great to have you back with us. Well, this edition of What Color Is Your Parachute represents the 36th anniversary of your book, and also you've made quite a few additions and changes, and you rewrote the book from start to finish. So could you share with our listeners what what you think has changed the most in job hunting from when you began? Expectations, mostly. And expectations and what do you mean that we expect? Well, the Internet, for example, has created a lot of expectations. Uh, <clears throat> the the uh, people who used to make a good living from counseling job hunters are often now uh, going to another vocation for themselves or if it's a company, the company's gone belly up. 
because people aren't turning as much to counselors and coaches as they used to. And the reason for that is when they look at their life, they think, well, if I ever have to go job hunting, thank God the Internet is there and that will save me. And only when they have to actually use it do they discover that their expectations are unrealistic. And I'll give you a good example. If they go to the web in order to post their uh, resume or to look up job postings uh, put there by employers, the success rate of finding a job doing that is 4%. Now, most people fall over backwards when they hear that statistic. They say, oh, it's got to be better than that. Well, yeah, it is. It's 10% if you're an information uh, technology person. <laughs> but it's uh, created such an expectation of people that, oh, the job hunt is going to be fast and, and quick because of the Internet. I'll, and, and you have these outfits on the Internet that say, you know, I call it uh, find a job while you dream. <laughs> they, they, they say, give us your resume. We'll hunt all night for you, and by morning you'll have a 50 neat, neat positions offered to you, and uh, I get the mail from the people who try that, who actually believe that, and then find out to their chagrin that it just isn't true. Well, the Internet is like uh, throwing, you know, you might as well hand your resume to the homeless man on the street, you know, and who's holding a He probably could do a better job with it, actually. Yeah, he could probably get more jobs, because <laughs> so it really has not equaled out in the job hunting. So... What is the the best way to get a job is is still I don't want to call it the old fashioned way, but is still what you've always recommended. Is that correct? No. No? No. Okay. Talk about that. Sure. The old fashioned way was resumes, ads and agencies. They still work just as poorly as they always did. Even though on the internet they're called by other names. A classified ad in a newspaper of the yesteryear would today be called a job posting. So you have different um, titles for these old um, methods of job hunting. They've done studies. In fact, one of the things about the uh, job hunt that interests me the most, since my background is in chemical engineering and physics, uh, is that it's a very scientific field. It's been studied and studied and studied by one researcher after another, and they can tell you what the successes are of various um, methods of approaching the job hunt or career change and uh, which ones are most likely to be fruitful in terms of the investment of your time and which ones are most likely not to be. And when they did the research, that what they've discovered is that there is, um, uh, as I mentioned, terrible uh, efficiency ratings for the old style uh, methods of job hunting, but the most successful method, about which you just asked, is uh, where you ask for, um, hold on, i got the, my notes in the wrong order here, uh, where you sit down and do homework on yourself, and um, I have exercises in my book to help people to do that, and so um, if they do that, their success rate is 86% in finding a job if they sit down and do homework on themselves. Now, what's strange about that to me is that everyone knows they're going to need some information when they go job hunting, but they assume the information they're going to need is information about the job market. 
hence they want to know what are the hot jobs, what are the ones that everyone, uh, every employer is crying out for, and so on. And, and in the current market, strangely enough, it's practical mathematics because, for example, Google and others use algorithms and stuff to, in order to hire, in order to match you with a job and, and all that. So uh, applied mathematics is a hot, hot field right now, but it isn't for everyone. People don't like math sometimes, and uh, so it, it depends on people sitting down and figuring out information about themselves rather than information about the job market. That's what they need the most, and, th and when they do that, they greatly increase their efficiency and chances of finding out not just a job, but, you know, an appropriate job, appropriate to the skill and interests and uh, stuff like that that they possess. Well, you're very, very keen on if you want a dream job, you really have to uh, know who you are and want to go after what is your dream. You want to find your purpose. What is yep. your mission? What's the meaning in your life? So uh, when I read your book, what I get a lot of is you really need to get to know yourself. Now, you've created, and this has been um, an important part of What Colors Your Parachute, the diagram of a flower, and you have in parentheses that one piece of paper, where this is what help people get to know who they are by uh, figuring out what are their favorite interests, where do they want to live, what geography, uh, what kind of environment they want to be in, what are their values and their goals, uh, what kind of salary that they're looking at or, you know, or level of responsibility, and what kind of working conditions that they want, and then you tie it all together with, with in the center, uh, the stamen of the fabric of, you know, your skills, what can you transfer, um, and, what are, and then going in kind of in lists of what are your favorite skills up through your sixth, sixth favorite skill. I find that this flower is extremely helpful for getting to the core of who we are so that we can best benefit a company or start our own business or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But Spoken it's, like I had written it for you. Yeah, it's it's you you have to do some homework. I mean, nobody hands it to you. Yeah, and and it's easy to get past people's resistance to doing that by telling them a simple story. Now, the story is the true story. Two men were walking through Times Square, and one turned to the other and said, "Listen, there's a cricket." And the first one said, how on earth could you tell there's a cricket? This is the busiest crossroads in the nation and so forth. The man responded without a word by reaching into his pocket, pulling out a whole handful of change and tossing it up in the air and watching it ricochet off the sidewalks. Immediately, everyone within 20 feet of where they were standing whirled and pounced on the coins. And then he turned and looked at his friend and he said, you see, we hear what we're listening for. The man turned out to be a botanist and, uh, or, you know, worked with insects and stuff, and that's why he heard the cricket. You, you hear what you're listening for. When you do the homework on yourself, you change the whole way in which you're listening to the world and the whole way you're listening to opportunities and so on. And they don't just walk by you. You, you pounce on them because... What you're looking for is always a link to and sometimes a mirror to yourself. For example, if you're a very great artist, obviously you want to find something where that art gets used, or even if you're an amateur artist. And so by working on yourself, you help to define what it is you're looking for out there. 
Well, and there, too, is where if you choose a career coach or a counselor that somebody can help you even get clearer on who you are. But the bottom line is nothing is easy, and it requires that we do the work, we show up, and we we have to put in time and perseverance. I want to send people to your website because you have this incredible uh, website, Dick, that can help people find their way and also find out all the, the many tips the book, again, is What Color Is Your Parachute? This is a fully rewritten and updated version for 2007, and it truly is a practical manual for job hunters and career changers by Richard Nelson Bolt. And your website is www.jobhuntersbible.com. All one word, no apostrophe. www.jobhuntersbible.com. Well, Dick, thank you so much for, again, doing, writing this book. And um, many greetings to your beautiful wife, Marcy. It sounds like your 2007 is filled with lots and lots of uh, dreams and aspirations for more good things. So until we speak again, What Color Is Your Parachute 2007? You've been talking to Richard Nelson Bowles. Thanks, Dick, for being on the show. You're welcome. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style. Be the star you are. Go out into the world and celebrate every minute. And for more information on the charity, go to be the star you are.org and more information about Star Style, star style.com. And until we play next week, smile, have fun, and be wild and crazy. Cynthia Bryan for Star Style reminding you be the star you are. You're a seeker. A dreamer with courage to give every special part of you. You're an artist, a poet who will never give up. So make all your dreams come true. Let go of your fears. You travel much too far. Show the world your smile. Star, you are. Show the whole wide world your smile. Be the lucky star.